Inside Chicago Government. ShyGov.com. This is Dave Glowetz. Welcome to another in a, in a series of my interviews with the laughing Ben Jarofsky, who writes on politics and government for the Chicago Reader and who is here with me today. Welcome to the broadcast, Ben. Thank you, Senator. Today we're talking about your article that appeared in the Reader on July 21st, 2011, and it's titled Public Schools, Private Budgets, ah, which you co-wrote with Mick Dumkey. The great Mick Dumkey. And in this article, you and Mick examined budgets of Chicago charter schools, and those are the schools that agreed to give you the data, and some didn't. And you received detailed financial data from some of the charters, and from which you learned that staff get paid less than their non-charter counterparts. What else did you learn? Well, the biggest thing we learned is that charter schools sort of exist in the shadows of public education. And by that, I mean their books are largely off limits. They're nowhere to be found at the conventional sites like the Board of Education. You mean their financial data when you say say books. Yeah. Yeah. Not their mathematics text. You mean their financial books. That is correct. So you can't get the information that you need if you want to understand how they're spending their money. This all began, Dave, when I wanted uh, years ago. Oh, my God, has it been two years already? When I was invited to the central office. I don't know if you remember that one. I wrote an article. I do. Yes, talking about how the central office, Huberman and his uh, pals got raises. And I was called in by the central office staffers to explain that it really wasn't a raise, uh, even though they were making more money than their predecessors. You even went on TV with one of them to talk about it. I did, and it was just a complete love fest before, during, and after. And in passing, I asked, well, what about the charter schools? I'd like to see some of their... Why aren't they in the budget? And I was told that they're essentially private vendors, and so as such, you have to get it from the state, or you have to get it from the private vendors themselves. And it took me a while to get it together uh, and with Mick's help, who's Mr. Foya, the Foya King of the United States, to finally get the Foyas out. So that sort of sent us on a Foya expedition. And a Foya, for our listeners, they probably know this anyway because they're so educated, but it stands for Freedom of Information Act. And that's the state law that governs the uh, release of essential public information about how, in this case, uh, public entities spend our tax dollars. And the reality is that, of course, Uh, It's very difficult to get this information. More likely than not, uh, you'll get the runaround. Many schools didn't respond at all. Other schools sent us incomplete information. We're left sort of wondering, do they keep track of this at all, or are they just not sending us the information that they have? I don't know the answer to that. More and more, I'm thinking that the Board of Education should take control of the charter school budgets in terms of keeping track of them and should put them online where they have all the rest of their information, which anybody can look at at any time. And what's the likelihood of that? Well, right now, not very likely, but it's sort of like TIF reform. What a joke that is. It occurs to me, if I may interrupt, that Go ahead. now that the reader has the data for some of those schools, it could put it online. Yeah, except in most cases it's incomplete. In the article, we had fun. We gave grades to the different charter schools and excuses for why they didn't provide it. One of them sent in letters from lawyers that they didn't have to comply with the homework. A couple of readers have, or at least one that I can recall, sent an email, could you please show us what you got? And I have no problem showing what we got, except it's so incomplete and misleading. I don't know what good it'll do. In contrast, if you want to know, in just terms of straight budget, if you want to know the payroll of every single school in the city of Chicago, public school. Non-charter. Non-charter. You can find it on the CPS website. Thanks to me, I like to pat myself on the back again. (laughs) They put that on there. After that 
aforementioned meeting, remember the meeting where they called me down to explain that a raise was not a raise? They explained that the budget that the Board of Education approves every year wasn't as important as the payroll because even though the budget set sort of parameters for how much they wanted to spend on every position, they were free to raise that position beyond what the budget said, to which I said, well, why do you put the least reliable document online for everybody to see while keeping the most reliable document offline? And to their credit, they immediately said, Ben, you are brilliant. They didn't say that, but they put it online. The searchlight of the press once again (laughs) comes through and gets into the dark corner. Let's talk about this fact that some of the schools were very forthcoming. In fact, one particular, uh, the Double Street franchise of charters was very forthcoming, but, but some were not. And I'm aware as a reporter that the state attorney general's office, which is the executive body for FOIA requests, has a process, an appeals process, essentially, where if a public body denies your FOIA request, you can go to the public access counselor in the AG's office, and they make a formal ruling. But I got the impression you guys didn't go that route for any of this. This is my problem with FOIA law. It's something Mick and I talk about all the time. I really don't like having to submit FOIA requests. Most cases, I'm seeking information that should be readily available. So making me jump through these hoops is a way of keeping me from information. First of all, in this day and age of the internet, it should be on the internet. Just I don't have to ask anybody. It should just be there. But then if it's not there, I have to call a press officer. If the press officer then says, well, I can't give it to you unless you submit a freedom of information request, then my request is submitted to another bureaucrat in the system. That bureaucrat has what, seven days to get back to me? Five now. Five business days, okay. If that person doesn't give me the information I want, then I can appeal. Wow. How many months down the road are we? You know, Oh, they can ask for extensions. They get five days to tell me they need an extension. So the whole thing is just a freaking joke. And what I always say is that we're like the inmates and one flew over the cuckoo's nest and they're all nurse ratchet just messing with us and whether we get to smoke our cigarettes during the meetings. It's just a waste of time. It's a joke. So yeah, okay, great. I'll go to the referee at the attorney general's office. You know, six months later, I haven't written my story. More and more, the stories I write and the stories that Mick will be writing with me as part of our tag team We'll be exposing the obstacles that get thrown in our way when we seek this basic essential information that should be readily available in the democracy we know as the city of Chicago. So I'm inferring from your answer that it's not likely that you guys would then go and sue to try to get information from the holdouts. Well, Mick has a lawsuit going. Uh, Mick, I'm telling you, he is Mr. Freedom of Information uh, in the state of Illinois. And I don't want to do that. I mean, who knows in some future story, it may turn into that, but I doubt it. If you expose the lack of transparency to use Marama Manuel's term, then you can force some basic changes. You know, again, Hovering over this is the fact that our new mayor, is he still new? Does it constitute new, even though we're two months into it? The honeymoon might be over, but he's still new. Okay. Our new mayor has promised, he's vowed to make it the most open, transparent government known to man. And at the same time, showing how nimble he is, he's holding up charters as the model and saying we're going to make more of our students proportionally in charters as opposed to regular schools. So on one hand, he's saying, I believe in openness and transparency. And on the other hand, he's transferring more money and more control to schools that are not transparent, that conceal essential basic information. So what's it going to be, Mr. Mayor? Some of our listeners are probably wanting to see you in the press conference asking that question. Oh, my God. Just the thought of going to a mayor, <laughs> manual press conference. He's so condescending. I think I'll manage to avoid... Going 
going to any press conference with Rahm Emanuel. I've managed to avoid going to any Mayor Daly press conferences, and he was in office for 22 years. As I've told you, I don't think Rahm's going to stick around for more than eight years. That's my bet. Make a note of that one, folks. Uh, just one final question. You said Mick Jumkey has a lawsuit going. What's that about? The great Mick Jumkey. You know, I can't remember the particulars of it, but it's online. I'd hate to stumble through an answer. He's written about it. You could look, find it on the Reader website. We'll leave it there. Ben Jarofsky of the Chicago Reader, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, sir. This is Dave Gloetz. You've been listening to another in my series of interviews with Ben Jarofsky. When you get a chance, check back for other interviews or subscribe to our podcast. Thanks for listening.